Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. As you guys know, I like to have guests that talk about how we achieve our potential. And sometimes that finding that potential means we have to look inside, maybe even journey into the center of our souls to find out what our soul purpose is, which is great for our guest today. Her name is Jennifer Longmore, and she is not only a leading authority on soul purpose, but she is a business coach that is designed and dedicated to working with enlightened entrepreneurs and helping them become more and more enlightened. But not only is this her focus, but she has a whole lot of experience. I think, I believe like over 30,000 sessions. Is that, I think that's my, yes, sole purpose sessions. So uh, clearly she knows what she's doing and she's had just a little bit of experience at it. So joining me today is Jennifer Longmore. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we're going to activate today. <laughs> exactly. Well, tell us about yourself, your business, how you you know got into doing what you do, and how what you do helps people to truly shock their potential. Well, I grew up in a very woo household. So we talked about intuition. My grandparents lived across uh, the street or the road from a graveyard. They bought land there because it was super cheap and we had a lot of interesting situations in their house which might have sounded crazy until other neighbors came over and said oh yeah there's some definitely some interesting things happening in this house so I didn't know that my way of being just as I think most of us as kids don't know we don't know that our home is different than other people's homes right we just mm -hmm. assume everyone lives the same way as we do until we get to a certain age and realize that's not true so I didn't realize why I was upsetting people when I knew things that they didn't know. I just came into this world very intuitive. And, um, and I would make people feel uncomfortable because I would tell them things that I didn't know that they didn't know, or that they didn't know that I should know, if that makes any sense. So <laughs> I spent a great deal of time censoring myself and trying to figure out why I was upsetting some people some of the time. And so I felt like an outcast. Past. I definitely tried to be a chameleon and figure out who I needed to be to blend in in different situations. So that was great because I learned how to read energy and I can really figure out who I need to be and whether I need to bump up my energy or, you know, kind of tame it or whatever. 
but that also gets really exhausting. And I only share this because I know a lot of people have a similar type of experience, regardless of what caused it. We, we spend a good chunk of our time trying to figure out who we need to be so that we get accepted and or so we don't offend people. I, when I went to university, I'm just a truth teller. And I didn't realize that me speaking the truth, and I don't mean like my truth is the truth. I just mean, you know, see, calling things as they were. Uh, some people just didn't like that. They really wanted women to be diplomatic. And I went to a, a university that was led by the old white man society. And I worked in the sexual harassment office and we had to investigate these guys a lot. And um, mm. <laughs> so my boss at the time was just always offended by me asking questions because I was seeking <laughs> to understand. So I spent my 20s doing what I think a lot of people do, which is making statements in the form of questions. I wonder if this might help if we did it this way. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, you know? <laughs> and then uh, in my 30s, I was like, this, I just don't have any time for this anymore. I've got a business to run and I'm not going to censor myself anymore. So anyways, I went to school to be a forensic investigator. So I had no choice but to when I got out in the real world, I was investigating crimes against children. We're hearing a lot about that right now. And um and so I had to learn how to use my power appropriately. And because you can use too much power and then be powerless and you can use mm -hmm. not enough power and be powerless, right? So it, it was a neat exercise for me. And I grew up very quickly at about 23 years old learning, how do I use this power I'm given and how does it relate to my personal power? And how do I bottle that in such a way that I can get people's buy-in? So I was fortunate from that experience, because I did that for seven or eight years, I actually learned how to sell people at that time. I didn't know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell you at the time that that's what I was doing. But I learned how to get people's buy-in so that if I could avoid taking them to court, I would. If I could create legal contracts, but I didn't have to take them through the whole process where then it becomes a triangulation and their energy is focused on fighting me, as opposed to just doing right by their children and, and doing what they needed to do. Mm. So uh, that was great on so many levels when I started my business, because it turned out that I knew how to sell really well, even though I wasn't selling people anything, right? I was helping them say yes to what they already knew they needed to do. I'm so glad to hear you say it like that because I've spent my entire career in sales and it's always amazing to me when people say, oh, well, I'm not in sales. I'm a nurse. I'm not in sales. I'm a teacher. I'm not in sales. I'm Whatever follows after that. And I always love to ask them, did you ever have to convince your child to take medicine that they didn't want to take, but you knew it was going to be good for them? And they're like, yes. Well, then guess what? You're in sales. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. about- yeah. <laughs> your definition is perfect for me. It's about help getting people to the point they know they need to be at and helping them be comfortable along the way until the time that they say yes. And what an amazing um, analogy to say, I had to help fight these horrible crimes against children by helping the people that abuse them to make the right decision to actually do the right thing. That is that that had to be 
I know you, you talked about, you know, kind of the, you didn't say it directly, but I know you implied it, you know, the, it's exhausting to try to always try and be what everybody wants you to be, but that had to be very freeing for you in a midst of a horrible situation or a bunch of horrible situations to be able to help people say, okay, I'm going to make the right decision. And you got them there by asking the right questions and by, you know, giving them, you know, the, the reality of, of what they, what they could control. I don't know many people who've had any experiences like that. That's really phenomenal. Well, thank you. And yeah, I mean, it was, it's interesting because I feel like regardless of what we do, we start to see people showing up in different archetypes. So when I had really angry people that just wanted to be angry for the sake of being angry, I kind of had some key phrases I would use to calm them down enough so they could hear me and feel like they were being heard, right? Mm-hmm. Most of what I've learned over the years is as long as people feel like you get them, they feel like they're being heard and you're doing your best to understand them, that uh, they can literally go from a 10 to a zero in a nanosecond. If you know how to speak to them correctly, it was interesting because a lot of my colleagues were very punitive and they used to get so angry or they would accuse me of not doing my job. Now, my superiors knew I was doing my job because I was actually taking probably five times more cases than the rest of them were because I wasn't lying and and saying I had too much paperwork, I can't take any more cases because I've got too much paperwork. I was very efficient. <laughs> but uh, I was saving the agency a lot of money because I wasn't taking people to court to the same, you know, at the same volume. And, and certainly there were cer- certain cases where it just, you know, we just had to. But um, yeah, I learned that uh, as long as someone thinks it's their idea, and you help them to feel heard and understood and that you get them, you can pretty much sell them anything. And I, again, didn't view myself as selling at that time. I was really just trying to do what was best for everyone and being Mm -hmm. punitive and uh, shaming people and making them feel like the bad guy, even though they were, (laughs) right, was not moving the needle, right? That doesn't get people to cooperate. And uh, it's kind of like right now with what's going on in the world and people are screaming, wake up, wake up. And I'm like, nowhere in the history of the world has anyone ever said, okay, I'll wake up. That that's such an inviting thing for you to say to me. I feel so calm right now. Thank you for telling me to wake up. That's amazing. Right. So um, anyways, but yeah, so when I started my business, a I was working with people that had a lot of trauma from their childhood. So I was very prepared to understand why they would be the way they were in their adulthood, right? Why mm-hmm. they were having certain blocks, why they were attracting abusive partners, why they had addictions, whatever the case may be. But I also, uh, I knew how to get people's buy-in and how to help people sell themselves in, into what I was doing. So as much as I know how to sell, I feel like I have found a way to let people sell themselves into what I'm offering and have it feel like they're opting in as opposed to I'm pushing them into a decision. Right. And I, that's, I think that's key with everybody. And when we, the more we fight or set ourselves up to fight or feel like we have to defend the, the more closed the mind gets, the more closed the, uh, the, the entire acceptance of, of a situation gets, whether it's about emotional issues, it's about, you know, uh, blocks for where they are in their career, whether it's, you know, um, seeing their ultimate potential, you know, it's really easy to create those blocks and those boxes to sit within if it's safe. And it sounds like one of the things that you really do is help people open that door 
so they can see what they can control with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and because I'm dealing with people's sole purpose, I mean, most people go through life saying, why am I here? Does my life even matter? And if it does, how am I supposed to matter? What's my contribution meant to be in this lifetime? When you can help someone free up that energy of no longer searching and just being, it's very liberating. And so fortunately, I do offer something that most people seek out. I might not be the person for them, and that's okay. But uh, someone like me will never be out of business because... You know, most people want not only want help in, okay, what's my purpose, but then how do I live it fall out? And that kind of leads to what we were talking about with potential, right? Like everyone knows they have potential. Everyone wants to live to their fullest potential. And we want to be our best cheerleader. But sadly, there's a lot of reasons why we get in our own way. And for some people, it's that they were never taught to even set a goal, let alone work towards it and celebrate it. Some people were shamed or excluded or made fun of because they had goals and it wasn't part of our tribe you know you're supposed to you're supposed mm. to want to stay small and stay stay with us in the nest there's all kinds of reasons but if we if we take the word potent out of potential and just keep focusing on how can i be more potent and just live in that question it tends to answer itself so how do people find you? I know that, uh, you know, you've worked with a lot of people, you've worked with actors, you've worked with, uh, you know, elite athletes, you've worked with people in, in business and, and uh, just people in their professional lives. But, you know, really, how do people find you? Or what's when they when they call you, or they reach out, what's what's kind of the common denominator that makes them say, all right, Jennifer, I want to know what you can do for me? <laughs> uh it's two things. One is for purpose. People will find me if they want to get clear on their purpose. But um, more so now over the last, I would say, 10 years, people find me for business because I've learned that most people, when they get clear on their purpose, the most liberating way for them to express it is through business. It doesn't mean that's the case for everyone. But for most people, the way that they can better express their purpose is to use their business as a vehicle. It's just a portal, right? It's just a tool that helps them express their gifts. And uh, because we get so stuck in our silly business, right? we get stuck in the <laughs> kind of what it shit is and the what ifs and the worry and the comparisonitis and the analysis paralysis and all the things. It's my job to help them stay out of their way. Yes, I can do strategy with folks. And yes, I can help people figure out how to price things and package it and sell it. But ultimately, what I'm doing is helping them connect in with their own knowingness, that they already know how to share their gifts. And it's a matter of giving themselves permission to do it without apology. I think that's it uh, <laughs> reminds me of my journey to where I am now in this business. And, you know, the times that I've had, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I've done this a few times. But now I finally, you know, found the right formula for me. And the last couple of years have been the most freeing of my whole life. Because I finally figured out, okay, you've got all these talents, you've got, you know, this wisdom, you've got these experiences. And now you have, you finally figured out the right vehicle to drive in to take them somewhere <laughs> beyond, beyond the parameters of what you thought you had to have. Because I, you know, I really thought that success was... <clears throat> you know, one way or the other, one way, you know, was maybe this way, uh, you know, female Tony Robbins kind of thing. And maybe the next is to be CEO of a major corporation. And I hadn't figured out how to merge those, those elements. And the better I get at, uh, at it uh, every day, 
the happier I am, you know, and it's, it's amazing to, to sleep better and to be more energized by ideas and, and feel like there's not enough hours in the day for the things you want to accomplish, not the things that you feel you have to accomplish. You know, like sometimes I'm like, stop brain. You've got it. Just stop. Like write that down. <laughs> let's, let's figure out the last 10 you're working on. Keep that in the notebook for a little bit later. <laughs> you know? And it's, uh, it, it really is truly a, a great place when you find the merger of those elements. I love that you shared that because I feel like just like, you know, when we're young, we are conditioned to believe that we have to figure out what we want to be when we're like 10. <laughs> and, yeah. and by the time we're 17, our guidance counselor is up our butt saying, you <laughs> like, you got to figure it out. This is the rest of your life. You have to pick one the thing and life. stick to one thing. And, oh. uh, and then you become an entrepreneur and realize, oh yeah, like I've had many iterations of me, but I think even in the entrepreneurial journey, similar to your point, a model may work for us <clears throat> when we're in startup and it gets us to a certain place and then life can change. Maybe our personal circumstances can change. Something can change. And all of a sudden that same business model that was once really good to us just no longer resonates. And then we find a different one or we, we entertain a few different uh, business models. When I first started, I had a one, a one-on-one -on -one business model. I did some classes for sure at a certification but I did a lot of call me when you need me stuff. And that was great. And it helped me make a lot of money very quickly. And that wasn't even my goal, by the way. But then eventually that burned me out. And I mm -hmm. started to really dislike the very thing that had been providing me the lifestyle I had. I loved my clients. I loved the work I did. I didn't like the way in which I was packaging it up. So I had to change my business model. And, um, and then I've stepped into it like you stepped into a few other businesses that had different business models in part because I feel like you learn a lot, right? You really get mm -hmm. to see some standardized business principles when you're uh, playing in a few different arenas. And, um, and then I got to a point where I wanted to simplify. So I sold some of those businesses. And there was a time where I really uh, wanted to make space and not do one on one because I didn't it wasn't serving me to be locked into a schedule. And then mm -hmm. I realized I don't have the personality to not work with people one-on-one. -on -one. And people, I think, <laughs> find that surprising at this stage of my business. And I obviously don't take on a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients, but um, it, it, uh, and, uh, and I expect it'll change again. And even what I focus on, I thought I was always going to speak about sole purpose. I didn't realize I was going to venture into business coaching. It was just never part of the agenda. And yet here I am. <laughs> and that's the majority of what I do. So yeah, I I know that there was a time that I um, was doing a lot of uh, business consulting and basically running people's businesses, and so now that I am in this latest iteration of my of my journey, people are like, "Oh, well, we want you to come in and fix our business," and I'm like, "Nope, mm -mm. I will I will help you fix the training part. I will spend some time with you, but I am no longer going to go in and do that because I lose myself in that." And so mm -hmm. then the the uh, running of those people's businesses becomes more important than my business. And I said, mm -hmm. mm -mm, nope, not going to do it. And it's it's really empowering to say, hey, thank you. I really value. I don't say it like, nope, not going to do it. I say I really value the fact yeah. that you, know, you trust me that much. But um, I don't do that anymore. And in my head, I'm going, right, girlfriend, you don't do that anymore. <laughs> You're not yeah. doing that anymore. 
And those parameters help build, you know, you may take some side trips along the way when you consciously make them, but having them really allows you to, um, to be in control. And it's, it's very empowering. When you, um, when you look back on your career, because you've had an amazing career, is there, you know, one particular lesson that you learned along the way that really, when you look back now and reflect, you realize that that really helped to shock your own potential? Oh, boy, so many. Uh, you know, I was saying this the other day that when I was in my business, I had no problem sharpening the saw. I would take courses to help me become more intuitive or, you know, personal development things, but I didn't even know that business coaching was a thing. It didn't occur to me that I it was even feasible. And so here I was tripping over my own feet for the first few years and and being successful, but not at the expense of a lot of sprained ankles. <laughs> and uh, mm. and and I don't regret that at all. And anyone I know who's successful has said they wish they had have hired a mentor sooner. So I really do feel like if we, and I did this when I learned about real estate, I did this when I learned about day trading, uh, when I learned how to do more long-term investments in the stock market, I just learned that if I genuinely want that result, then I'm going to hire someone that's going to shorten my learning curve and mm -hmm. all of the time and energy they spent accumulating that wisdom, I'm going to pay them for that wisdom and really shorten the time in which I can achieve my goal. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned. I love it. I think that's so true. And and it's amazing how people are still hesitant to work with a coach or work with, you know, a business advisor when it can take you that much farther. And I'm very fortunate that I, I'm surrounded by a number of really amazing uh, people that coach people. And, uh, and it's, it's when you see the effect it can have on somebody's life, not just their business or not just their, you know, their career, but on their life, when they start to relax more, they start to feel more in control, or they, they realize that there are other possibilities that they didn't recognize before, because they just didn't know. And it's, it really, it really takes people's potential to a new level. I think, I don't know what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I, I've seen that uh, with mentorship, really what it, what it boils down to is that you're meeting with yourself right? Someone's holding space for you to face yourself, mm -hmm. to face your hidden jackpots that maybe you haven't tapped into. And also maybe some of the shadow stuff that needs to be healed. And so really, when someone is resistant to hiring a mentor, and they know a mentor exists, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the situation I mentioned when, when you don't even know it's possible. But once you're aware that there are people that are available to help you create shortcuts in your life and your business, and you're not hiring them, it's really just a matter of do I Am I worthy of gambling on myself? Does it feel like a gamble or does it feel like an investment? And until people shift mm -hmm. into this as an investment, everything is going to feel like a gamble, but it also means they're deprived of getting to really have an intimate relationship with themselves and, you know, having someone that can hold space for them in that way. Oh, that's such a great way to put it. You know, is it a gamble or is it an investment? And it made me think um, earlier this year, so it actually, like, three weeks before we started COVID, <clears throat> excuse me, COVID lockdown, I hired a fitness coach. And I know this, this person, and I really value her. And she's, you know, 3000 miles away from me, but I hired her to help me figure out why I had gained so much weight, and why I had no desire to exercise. And so, you know, she's put me on this journey for 16 weeks, and I lost 18 pounds, 
But regardless of the loss of the 18 pounds, I gained just, you know, these steps where all of a sudden I I was clearer. I was, I felt little successes. I started to understand. I understood, you know, what keeps you in bed when you know you need to get up and run in the morning. You know, what what's keeping you from, you know, making the right choice at dinner when, you know, you thought you were gonna make a great choice all day. And and that awareness was, you know, people are like, Well, how much did you pay for that? And I I always say, well, I will gladly tell you how much it cost me. But are you asking that because you wonder whether or not it's an investment? Because look at me and listen to me. And they're like, well, you look great. I just want to know how much is it? And that's when I always say, all I know is I can tell you I'm worth it. I'm worth it. And I was worth it. And I am yeah. worth it. And uh, then they're like, okay. And so <laughs> whether, if, because if I give you the price tag, you might go, oh, well, that's a lot of money. And the question isn't, is it a lot of money? The question is, is it money well spent as an investment in you? Absolutely. I feel like too, investing in ourselves becomes a lot easier when we know what our our values are. Like Mm -hmm. I value health. So similar to you, I have no problem hiring a personal trainer. I have no problem investing in high quality supplements, going for massages once a week, you know, all of those things. And uh, because it doesn't feel like a cost, it feels like an investment. Not to mention yeah. that I'm just naturally going to be more magnetic in my business. I'm going to show up with my A game all the time for my clients when I'm taking care of my vessel. But that's just Absolutely. me. Not everyone has that same. You know, some people are nesters. They love decorating their house. And I love that, right? That's not me. <laughs> but um, some people do that. And for them, it doesn't feel like an expense when they're decorating their home. For me, it feels like an expense when I'm buying things that in my mind, I feel like I don't need, right? So we're all wired differently. But when we're clear on our values, it, like I said, it becomes super easy to invest. Absolutely. Well, so, you know, I like to ask this question of everybody. And and by this time, you've kind of answered parts of it in different ways. But I really like to put it this way specifically, because I think it's about reflection. So if you could go back at any point in time and talk to the younger Jennifer, and tell her anything, what that would have shocked her potential farther, faster, or kept her on the same path? When would you go back to her? And what would you tell that Jennifer? Well, I would tell her a lot. Um, I would tell her, I think probably above all else to stop apologizing for your Mm -hmm. zones of genius, right? Just live without apology Um, because there's always going to be someone that takes issue with something that you have or don't have. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so if we spend our life trying to be what other people need of us, then (laughs) it takes a lot longer to get where we want to go. Very good. So true. Absolutely. Well, I know we are coming down to near the end and we are going to have all your information, contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right this second, what's the best way for them to find you? I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I'm not going to tell you how much time, but I spend a lot of time there. (laughs) So (laughs) Facebook's like my second website, I think. Uh, So anyways, but I have a free group on there called the Purpose Posse, which is for conscious entrepreneurs. And it's a free group. And then uh, on my website, I have a free gift. So if people go to souljourneys.ca forward slash soul, I have a free soul acceleration system. So that walks people through the nine most important questions to ask to get clear on your purpose. I go deeper into the work that I have. And I have a process that I I take people through. So people, I think I've had like over 100,000 downloads of that over the last 10 years or so, right? So it's, wow. it's a pretty popular thing. So that's a great way to stay in touch. 
Wonderful. So before we say goodbye, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, we are in the great awakening. And uh, in the great awakening, there's a great unveiling. And in that unveiling, we're really getting clear on what we maybe were tolerating that we can't tolerate anymore. And when we let go of that, we make space for what we do want. But we're also unveiling the truth of who we really are and our purpose. And so I would encourage people, if they haven't already, to really pay attention to those nudges, because those nudges, if they're relentless, are trying to get our attention for a reason. I love it. Jennifer, what a pleasure. Thank you for being on our show today and sharing your your amazing story and all your wisdom with it. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.